RSL lose to both Austin and Cincinnati, and a few players get national team call-ups. You're listening to Here at the Riot, a Real Salt Lake soccer podcast. Welcome back to Here at the Riot. This is Josh, and I have with me Dax. Hi, Dax. Hi. How how are you holding up over there? It's it's a I'm I'm sad. It, <laughs> um, I had to uh, take um take a break from crying <laughs> slash wailing nice i'm in between crying and wailing you know it's hard to do it's it's a fine line to walk to cry and then wail yeah it's what i'm saying is it's really easy to slip into either crying or wailing but to do both is difficult i mean yeah i guess you're right i'm not well yeah i'm not i'm i'm yeah i'm not doing both at the same time Oh, it's more never like mind. Cry, not impressive. Then wail, then cry some more. Completely amateur crying happening over there. <laughs> well, the re so the reason that I'm crying and wailing is because <laughs> um. Remember, remember when we we're like, oh my gosh, it's possible that RSL could get seven points out of this next week. I mean, it was, I mean, technically it's possible for them to get nine, but we were like, seven points would be great and put them right in the place that they need to be to make the playoffs. Well, that didn't happen. Um, the way I remember it is that you were like, I think we can get seven, and I said, no, I think we're going to lose to Austin and to Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, you did say that. <laughs> but, you know, I was trying to be the optimist and trying to be like, Hey, you know, maybe it's possible that we actually win this one. I don't know. Yeah. But so a tough tough week. Well, it the the, the, the the bottom line is that it didn't happen. And therefore we are sad. Um yep. Yeah, they they only got 1 point out of this, you know, out of these past 3 games, which is kind of depressing. And that one point was against the worst team in the league based off of any available metric. The leader for the wooden spoon. The wooden spoon leader. Isn't that like, wouldn't that technically be the loser? Well, yes, but, but the joke is that people online are like post updates of like, who's leading the wooden spoon race? Ah, we love the wooden spoon. Yeah. To be funny that's so, I, I enjoy it's, it it's so funny i'm laughing so hard we might be on our way to wooden spoon contention no don't say that <laughs> i mean you take away the first half of the season and we would definitely be there yeah but thankfully <laughs> we did we did well at the beginning of the season and we can still make the playoffs technically yeah but do we want to just talk about that now? Yeah, yeah, okay. We can do that. Um, yeah, so we have crunched the numbers. 
It was you yes, don't have to. Is very very hard. Lots of analysis, yep. lots of math, some calculus, statistics, imaginary numbers. Um, just, we had to get a supercomputer. Yep, supercomputer to get accurate results. Predictive models, you know, the the works, <laughs> all of the things, and um. It is still possible for RSL to make the playoffs. I know there are some people online that, you know, have thrown up their hands in disgust and they're like, RSL isn't going to make the playoffs. And let's so let's just start looking at next season and write them off. And I'm like, you guys are just fair-weather fans because it is possible. I mean, that's where I'm at, though. <laughs> Josh is, is a Fairweather fan. I, according to you, I guess. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I Yeah, it's mathematically possible, but we're not going to make it. We're not going to beat both Galaxy and Portland. We don't Sorry. have to beat both of them. <laughs> and that is what we're going to discuss right now. How, how RSL can make it into the playoffs. Because we don't, we don't yeah. have to beat both of them. It's possible to only beat one of them. Well, so, um, did we decide? No, yeah, yeah, they, they have to win one of them. We decided they have to win one of them. Mm-hmm. So RSL finishes up the season playing the Galaxy, which are currently ranked 7th, and then Portland, which is currently ranked 5th. Um, and you need to be one of the top seven to make it to the playoffs. Um, Portland is at 46 points. Galaxy are tied with RSL at 43 points. Um, now, if RSL were to win those two games, that would put them at um, 49 points, which would guarantee that they make the playoffs. Um, yes. If they so if they were to lose or tie the Galaxy and then um, beat Portland, then they would then Portland would have to lose to LAFC. Yeah, Portland is playing LAFC their second to last game of the season. So if Portland loses to LAFC and then RSL beats Portland, then RSL will make it. Um, there's also a scenario in which they can bump out Minnesota um, if they yeah. win one of these games, but Minnesota would have to lose to, I think it was San Jose and Vancouver, and Vancouver which, I mean, let, 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 let that, you know, let that mean what it means. I mean, Vancouver has actually been pretty good as of late. So yeah. it's possible. Yeah, and Minnesota has more wins than us. So if they lose one and draw one, they would be tied on points with us and would get in ahead. Well, if we if we draw two, yes. No, if we only won one of our games. Oh, yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah, then we'd be tied on 46, but they get the tiebreaker on wins. Yes. You are correct. So, so I mean, I think yeah. I think the biggest game to watch is LAFC Portland because if Portland um, w- wins that game, then 
all hope is lost, basically. Um, well, and the Portland game is a home game, so theoretically, we probably have a better chance of beating Portland than we do of beating the Galaxy. Yes. I mean, the Galaxy, uh, uh, what's their run of form recently? I had, uh, why don't they beat well, Colorado? I mean, it's been all, they've been all right. They got smashed by Vancouver, but they should have beat Nashville. Missed penalty. Should have beat Sporting KC. Missed penalty. That sounds like Missed people we know. Yeah, but, like, they were the better team in both those games. Yeah. So... I mean, it's possible. It's not out of the question is what we're saying. But I think if we don't win both of our remaining games, it's unlikely. Like, I, It's unlikely that the Galaxy are going to lose to San Jose or Houston. Yeah. It's unlikely that Minnesota will lose to San Jose and Vancouver both of them yes um and portland is probably the team we have the best chance of knocking out if we only beat them mm-hmm. because i i could see that happening but those in my opinion those are the two most likely ways for us to get in either we win both our games and we're a lock or we only beat Portland and they lose to LAFC and we barely squeak in. That's just how we like it. <laughs> yeah, that tends to be our thing. They like to keep things interesting, you know, on decision day. Yeah. Just be like... If you want my prediction, though, I think we lose both our remaining games. Josh, always the pessimist. I mean, this team is in dreadful form. It's true. We are in free fall and... I haven't seen anything that would indicate it's being fixed. So, we do have a long break. Yes. Maybe. Which, you said that some a lot of players on the first team got COVID? I guess Pablo said that today in an interview. I just saw it on Twitter. That's not great. Um, yeah. But, I mean, first team players, it, it, so. it is kind of the best possible time for them to actually get COVID because they do well let me rephrase that the best possible time would be in the off season but if you had to pick a time during the season um when you have a break that's pretty good it's not that good that it's like at the end of the season when you know they could possibly miss games that could decide their fate in the playoffs but um Mm -hmm. you know at least they have a break yeah yeah, they'll just miss the club friendly against Atlas. Which, who cares about that? Why, why do we feel the need to do club friendlies in the middle of the season? That just seems like a bad idea. Like, it, it just seems like, you know, injuries waiting to happen, in my opinion. Yeah, but theoretically, typically these games you play your not your first team you know so what's the point then the point is money i mean well yeah but like it's not a true show it's a the league showcase cup it's you're not truly showcasing either of the leagues 
No. Does but... Atlas really have that big of a following in in Salt Lake? Probably. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna like I can understand them going to like L.A. or Houston or something like that, but in in Salt Lake, I I want to get a poll of how many Atlas fans there are in Salt Lake. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the first time they've ever come here too. Yeah. I mean, it's like but... the it's like the same thing as um. Remember in preseason how they did like this little like exchange with minnesota portland and then that random team from norway or, or whatever viking yeah it, it's like it, it's viking actually um, oh right i remember now you've corrected me on that multiple episodes <laughs> um but it's it's like why are you here type thing like how, how did you get here i i wouldn't mind it if we were playing our youth but we have a whole lot of first team players listed in our roster for that game. So yeah, like Anderson, Julio, Michael Chang. Just yeah. seems, seems Which, like an injury waiting to happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have too much of a problem with it because I think it gives the young guys a chance to show out. And yeah. maybe earn more playing time with the first team. Mm-hmm. Well, so like I, I understand because because back you know back during like the middle of the season they they played some friendlies against some teams from the Premier League. Remember that? Um, yeah. But like you know that actually that that actually has appeal because you're like oh it's the Premier League, you know why wouldn't like if RSL was going to play someone from the Premier League I'd be like I'd be like yeah I'm gonna go to that that sounds like fun. But like it's, it's some random team from, from Liga MX, and I, I believe they're not doing very well. Um, I think they won everything last year. They were in the Concacaf Champions League. Oh, they were. Yeah. Well, I don't think they're doing well this year. Let me look it up real quick. But I, remember, I think you're right. They're struggling. I remember Dunny saying like, "Oh, they're not doing really well this year," and you know, oh yeah, they're second to last. In. I mean, I would be just as excited to see this as I would against Chelsea. Really? To be honest. Yeah. Alright. That that makes one of us. It's just more soccer. The more soccer, the better. Oh, yes. I, I'm glad that they're, like... Because it would be, it'd be terrible if there um, uh, was, was a year... Uh, not a year... Uh, a, a week without RSL soccer, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I'm just, regardless of who we would be playing, whether it's Atlas or Chelsea, these games are a chance to see, like, some of the younger people. Oh yeah, that, that, that I think that part. Maybe exciting. we haven't seen, so I'm good, excited good for it. to see Jude Wellings, Axel K. Which they did get, so do we want to real quick talk about the Monarchs players that got added to the roster? Sure, I don't know if I know about this, but... Let me see here. Josh is just springing things on me. It's like, oh, by the way, the Monarchs added seven new players. No, no, not, I mean, the Monarchs players that 
are oh that are in the roster, roster for the Atlas friendly. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> no, they haven't added new players. I'm like, bro. Yoink. Um. Also, Menendez seems to be doing well. Where did he go again? Um. Uh, I've already forgotten about him. I'm spacing on the name. Let me look him up. You do that while I'm trying to find the roster. I already found the roster, bro. You did? Yeah. Okay. To Velez Sarsfield. Did he score a goal for RSL? What? Okay, here we go. So, Gavin Beavers, Zach Farnsworth, um, Gennaro Niogro. Lawson is still listed as a defender, but you know that's cool. Yeah, You've... I totally butchered that name. By the way, I I don't know how to pronounce that. Gennaro Negro. Nigro. Yeah, maybe. That's how I would pronounce it. I I wonder what nationality, because yeah, who knows? I'll Google. Uh. Jude Wellings and Axel Kai. I think Hidalgo's been in the RSL 18 enough. He has, I yeah. I, I don't know if I'd really count him as a Monarchs call-up. The others haven't been with the first team much. Um, yeah, you know, maybe we see Axel Kai. That would be kind of cool. Gennaro Nigro is from New Jersey. Well... So, there you go. but it looks like he's a. Whoa, he well, it looks like he's Italian, Italian American. Ooh. He's well, like that a... didn't help me figure out how to pronounce his name, but sorry. <laughs> but it's good to know. I wish there was like a pronunciation thing on Wikipedia, but yeah, he yeah, he well, played. If he plays. Then we'll get it from Dunny. He played uh, in, looks like for the uh, for Roma. Mm. And then, um, how old is he? Oh, he's twenty two. Yeah, huh. interesting. He pre he he pre previously committed to Cornell University. I don't know if he ever played there. I don't know why I'm going so into depth on this guy. I feel like we know a lot of the other guys, though. Like, yeah, he's he's definitely a name that I didn't recognize. Because mm -hmm. all the other ones that were listed get talked about frequently. Yeah. And, like, Jude Wellings, Axel Kai, they were signed recently. Yeah. That's another weird one. So, technically, they aren't listing Jude Wellings. As Monarchs players that got put in the team. Uh -huh. But he has spent his entire time with the Monarchs. Mm -hmm. He just... Uh, he's technically signed to a first team contract. And yet we're just playing him. We're just playing the him Monarchs. with the Monarchs. Well, I mean, he's like 15, so that makes sense. Yeah. 
But it, it's just it's just the weird MLS roster stuff where it's like, is he a Monarchs player? Is he a a first team player? I I think we can consider him a Monarchs player. I don't yeah, know if he in technically is, but he should be considered yeah. a Monarchs player. And then like Hidalgo, I think Hidalgo is technically. No, yeah, he's a first team player. He, yeah, he's no, fine. he he has featured for the first team. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he he's probably also played for the Monarchs, but he is like. He he comes off the bench sometimes. Yeah, no, it's just goofy. But the point is, some young bucks might get a shot. They young better. Buck. I sure hope so. Will you call them up? We just play like Julio and Musovski. This might actually be a time that we get to see Musovski, like, because I feel like we haven't really seen a lot of him yet. Yeah. Um, that was another thing I wanted to talk about is that uh, literally our biggest position of need in the transfer window was a striker, and we went out and we got three players, and only one of them was a striker, and mm-hmm. so far. Musovski has been the least impactful. <laughs> oh yes, of the of the subs that we went out and got. Yes, most yeah. definitely. I mean like Ojeda and Oviedo have been prominent, I would say, and have shown well. And Musovski has had very limited time, like garbage minutes basically, yeah. and hasn't looked fantastic. Now, he hasn't looked bad. Yeah. And I'm not like, oh, let's move on. I'm just saying there's been no immediate impact <laughs> well, from Musovsky. And I, I think so. you kind of have to think is, is like, why hasn't Pablo given him more of a Because, ch- like, he easily could have started over Rubio or Rabin in the Austin yeah. game. Like, yeah, why didn't he? it makes he? you wonder. Like, is there is there something that, you know... Pablo knows that we don't. I mean, that that's most definitely the, the thing. But, like, why did we sign him if we aren't going to use him? Like, why did we sign him to have a backup for Rubio Rubin? A backup for the backup. Yeah. Well, I think that Rubin is kind of one of Pablo's favorites, first off. Yeah. Uh, and I also think maybe the injury thing has been bothering him still. Like, you never know. He's just trying to ease him back into it. Yeah. But I just thought that was funny. That the least impactful of our new signings was the was position that we needed most. Of need. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. It makes sense. That's That's, you know... That's an RSL thing to do. We're staying true to who we are. <laughs> Which I mean, like, as we look to sign new designated players, you'd, you'd have to think that a DP number nine, I mean, I feel like we, we've we just been saying this on repeat, like, we need a DP number nine. And mm-hmm. it, just, it just hasn't happened. So you'd have to think that that is somewhere on Pablo's radar. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he thinks that we're okay 
with Cordova and Bobby Wood. Do you do you think that he thinks we're okay with that? That like no, I I don't think Pablo does. The front office, I'm not sure. Huh. I think Pablo has made it very clear that he doesn't think we have the attacking pieces we need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think that the front office, like Pablo, even said after we got Musovski that like he wasn't our first choice. Yeah. So. And and I don't think he necessarily meant that as like a veiled, I don't know, jab or anything like that. I think he's just, you know, he is working with what he's been given. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Musovsky wasn't what he was hoping to get. So, yeah. This is all sounding like very negative towards Musovsky. I'm re- I'm happy to give him a fair shake. Oh yeah, definitely. He might be great. We're we're not trying to bash him. We we just haven't but... seen a lot of him. He's been the least impactful. I think objectively he's been the least impactful. <laughs> just cuz he hasn't had, you know, time to show what he can do. Yeah. And and while we're on the topic of of the front office, I've I don't remember if it was you who told me this or if I went on Twitter and saw this. There are people who are like, it's it's a good thing RSL is doing poorly so that the front office will address the, 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 name, the name change of the stadium situation. First of all, did, did you tell me that, Josh? Yeah, I told you that because uh, I saw it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like what, do you th- what do you think the front office is going to... You think the front office attributes the name change of the stadium to how poorly RSL has been doing? Like, do you do you actually think that's what they're thinking? And the yeah, and, it, and it was an interesting take. And the fact <laughs> that you know, if RSL were to change their name, they could have potentially won these two games. Like, <laughs> I think that's kind of silly to assume yeah. that. It's like yeah, it, I think it's silly that. People are still so hot about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, go go to the credit union if it bothers you so much. Yeah, tell tell them to change their name. I I, I think that... I think the reason it's so funny to me is because, like, to me it's the same type of argument that like a three year old would make for like getting light up sneakers. They're like, I need light up sneakers because they're gonna make me run faster. You know, I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but that's what I think of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's. I just, I just go on and enjoy the show. You're just, you're online. just there. You're like, mm, this, yeah, this just, looks like fun. I don't ever respond to people. You know, I I usually keep my thoughts to myself, but <laughs> I just laugh sometimes at some of the stuff I see. <laughs> being said and uh, while we're on the topic of, of of things that people have said online i the, is is this going to be the rant for the episode am i going to is is the rant going to be me defending sergio cordova do it all right go 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 here's the rant for the episode here's what has got me fired up <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I, went, I went on to reddit which, I mean, 
sometimes it, it's good in the sense that like you know it's it can be entertaining but also you there it's full of rabbit holes that you can go yeah. down uh went on reddit and someone had already like immediately after the cincinnati game someone had posted a thread what is what is the silver lining to rsl missing the playoffs i'm like first of all they're not out yet i know that you know statistically it doesn't look good for them to make the playoffs but you really shouldn't count them out until you know they have been officially eliminated, like mathematically eliminated from the playoffs because if they do end up making it you're going to look very silly and we'll all make fun of you um <laughs> but someone on there said the silver lining to rsl missing the playoffs is that they won't ever have to see sergio cordova wear an rsl jersey again and i would just like to say to that that while sergio cordova has not been what we needed um I, f- I feel like he has he has done a very well job of, of, of sorry a very good job not a very well job a very hey, at least you caught it a very good job of adapting to what the team needs for him to do like I mean at the beginning he had you know I mean because we we were saying this at the beginning that he he's not a number nine he's he's a he wants to be a number ten he plays like a number ten. Um, but we have seen him shift towards being, you know, a goal scorer. And that's and that's kind of what we needed this season. I mean, if you look at him, he is currently tied for second for uh, goals plus assists. The only person that has done better than him is uh, Jefferson Saverino. And if you're going to compare him to Jefferson Saverino and say, oh, he's not doing as well as Saverino, like... Cordova's not a DP. Saverino is. Saverino is the most expensive signing in, in RSL history. So I don't think it's fair to compare them to either. Um, and honestly, do you really think that Pablo's going to get rid of Sergio Cordova? And like, how can you justify getting rid of Sergio Cordova over, you know, literally anyone else? Any any yeah. any of the other forwards? That's That's the big one for me. It's like, I get people not being like stoked about him, but can you really look at him and say you would pick any of the others over him? Yeah, like <laughs> do we do we really want to, you know, start Anderson Julio? Like he's Anderson Julio's going to be the main guy. Anderson Julio's not a true number 9 either. Yeah. Like I don't think I mean <laughs> Rubio Rubio Rubin doesn't even play forward anymore. He plays on the wing. Yeah, and he has zero goals, zero uh, yeah, assists. Yeah, so like, I find it I find it funny that people think that we are gonna get rid of of Sergio Cordova, and I will laugh at all of you when he is back in an RSL jersey next season, <laughs> and you will all be crying, and I will just laugh at you. Because I think he's shown a lot of growth. He has in his pressing game as well. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things, and we're gonna talk more about the games later. But like in the Cincinnati game, his pressing was really good. Like there were a few times where he ran like sixty yards, like all the way back into our own mm-hmm. third to chase someone with the ball and win it back. And and Pablo. And then, 
Pablo has always been big on forwards getting involved in the defense. Yeah. So, like, you know that he has been telling Sergio to do that consistently. Mm -hmm. And we've seen progress there. So, like, he's coachable. Yep. He's improving. Like, I think he's young enough that it would be worthwhile to keep him around. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, it all kind of depends on are we making him a DP? Because I don't think yeah, that would I don't be... Think, I, don't I think wouldn't be happy with that. Yeah. You know? How much are we paying him? That all factors in. But just from a purely like uh, soccer standpoint, yes. Good. <laughs> Good. And not to mention he is a national team player. He, got, he, he and Saverino got called up for the Venezuelan national team. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, Venezuela's not, you know, the best team in whoa South now, America. Whoa, now, whoa, hey, hold up. <laughs> dude. <laughs> they, they, I don't think they qualified for the World Cup. No, I don't think they did. Uh, no way. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, Do you want me to, to read the list, or? Sure, you can read the list. And, right. and after I have to, have to, after after we're done here, I will I will give a shout out to Chile because I don't know I don't know if you know about what's happening with Chile right now in in the World Cup. Actually, I think I do know a little bit about it, but I'll get I'll we'll, give them a shout out after. Yeah, we'll see. So uh, the call ups <clears throat> six. RSL players uh, got the international nod, which is the most I can remember ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that being said, I wasn't really following the club closely like in the early 2000s and all that when it was first uh, hitting MLS. But, but yeah, a lot of players uh, doing well. So we got Diego Luna going to the U.S. under 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Ojeda uh, getting called into uh, the Paraguay senior national team. Rubin, Guatemala senior team. Saverino and Cordova, the Venezuela senior team. And then Oviedo, Costa Rica senior team. So good job. Yay. Yeah, and and I think yeah, you said that's the most that you've ever seen. It, I, it's the most that I you know recently remember as well. Um, it's fun. It's exciting. Yeah, <laughs> and it also, while they are gone, it gives some of our younger guys a chance to see the field and get more minutes. I just think it's positive all around. I I think you are right. It's it's good yeah. and you know sad for um for you know the U.S. to lose people like you know Rubio Rubin. I mean, let's let's be honest, he was never going to um make make it anyway. But it, you know it was it was good to right. have you know that. But um it's it's good to see. I mean, I, I feel like it means that the club is improving. 
Yeah, and I think it has. Two of the guys that we brought in uh, the last window mm -hmm. are getting called up. Mm -hmm. So It's good. And then it's... you add in Diego Luna, which was kind of in between windows. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think the trajectory's upward. So... All right, so... So say the Chile thing. I'm dying to know. I'm, I'm looking something up real quick. Uh, <coughs> okay, so I will just say what I think you're going to talk about. Yes. So I have my friend here uh, who's from Peru. Ah. And he's been talking about it. And apparently uh, there was a player. Oh, which, which South American teams are in the World Cup? Ecuador. Yes, Ecuador. That's that's who it is. So there's uh someone for Ecuador that uh that played in their qualifying matches and like Chile uh hired a lawyer because they were like actually you couldn't play that player. Mm -hmm. uh or something like that and it looked like it was going to blow over but then they found an old video of him saying like yeah, I got a fake passport and everything so that I could play for Ecuador or whatever. So it's a big legal battle. And suppose, according to my friend, uh, Ecuador may be disqualified. And that means another country would get to go to the World Cup. Is that what this is all about? Yes, that is what this is all about. Um... Okay, but isn't isn't Peru next in the standings? I believe so. So let's see. Chile. Which is why my friend was like, yeah, Chile is getting all, you know, hiring lawyers and stuff for this, but we're going to be the team that goes if they no, don't let Ecuador compete. It, it's true. So um, Chile, um, yes, there was, there was a player who played for Ecuador, um, and he, the, the, the Chilean lawyer was saying that he was actually Colombian and got a fake Ecuadorian passport um, and was right. playing, you know, under under that fake passport for, um, you know, Ecuador to to get in. Um, mm -hmm. And now the thing is that they, it went to like the high FIFA court. I don't even know what it um, what it's called. And they they rejected it. They rejected the the appeal. Um so I, you're, you're. I don't. I don't know how close your friend's been following it, but I. I actually don't think it's gonna. It's gonna get. Um, it's that they're I actually gonna get disqualified. I think they're just gonna be like, eh, whatever. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I don't know, and I haven't talked to him about it in a few yeah. weeks. But the 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 interesting thing is, um, is that. Um, So it was one player. Um, he only played in eight games. He only played in eight qualifying games. And yeah, so it's not like he was like the star of the team. Yeah, he wasn't the star of the team. But still. And this article that I'm reading reading says that they like that had Ecuador forfeited all eight games, Chile would have risen to the fourth automatic qualification place in South America qualifying 
group. That doesn't make any sense because they were seventh. Maybe they're oh, talking about did, maybe. Well, maybe they played Chile twice and some, won. Yeah, something twice, like that. So, yeah, something in the numbers of however they would handle the forfeit. Mm-hmm. You know, forfeiting. I and, don't know. And I mean, I understand that, but also and. And I I lived in Chile for two years, so I've I've I'd know quite a few people from Chile. Um, they would they would always tell me this. They're like, it's so hard for us to be in 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 South America. It's so hard for us to qualify because we have to play against Argentina and Brazil. And they're like, if the U.S. was down here, then they would never qualify. And I'm like, I mean, you guys could just qualify like it it doesn't i i i find your complaints falling on deaf ears because you have failed to qualify for the world cup more to more times than the u.s has actually um i personally think it is harder though i i don't don't know about that dude like i think it would be it's way harder I think it would be slightly more difficult. You're talking about teams we that would never, like, we would never get ahead of Brazil or Argentina. We don't have to though, right? We'd have to, you know. We're talking about like, first of all, Venezuela is not a good team. Chile is also not a good team. Like, who who does Chile have? Arturo Vidal and Alexi Sanchez. They're both like in their thirties now. Yeah, but Uruguay has been pretty decent recently. Yeah. Uh, Colombia has had its moments. Like, I think it would be more difficult for the U.S. down there, for sure. It, I think it'd be more difficult, but I don't think, I still think the U.S. would qualify. Yeah, but. So you're both right, kind of. <laughs> yeah, but That's like. That's my stance. <laughs> Well, no, they didn't even like. They weren't even close, though. They're like, they're like, it's so hard. We'd have it so easy in, in Concacaf. And I'm like, would you? Would you really? You think you're better than Panama? Yeah. I don't know, man. Well, it's all gonna change next cycle, anyway. It's true. It's uh, that you know, South America will probably get more teams, and that's fine. I'm fine with that. But. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 have, I have a hard time feeling sympathy for Chile when I'm like, you guys could ju- just have qualified, you know? Then you wouldn't have to be in this position where you have to literally prove that an ec- one Ecuadorian player falsified his passport. You could have just qualified, and this would have been over with. Anyway, that's my shout-out to Chile. Very nice. I'm. Are you amazed that I actually knew that? I mean, I wouldn't say amazed. I I am mildly surprised. Well, I'll take it. Sure. <laughs> all right. <laughs> nice. Um. All right. So I guess yeah. I guess it's time to talk about the sad things. Oh. So. Yeah, if you didn't know already, RSL lost both of the games they played last week. And I think in our last podcast episode, we did it right before the Austin game. And we were like, oh my gosh, this lineup is so interesting. 
and we were excited for the game. And then the game happened, and then after, I know I was sad. Um, but so yeah, let's let's talk about the Austin game. the The lineup was was interesting. It was a heavily rotated lineup. Um, we we did like it, and yes. I still think I I still like the idea. Like obviously, we lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that Pablo put this out. I thought that we looked good for long stretches throughout this one. I mean, was it scoreless at the half? It was scoreless at the half. Yeah. And RSO, and so, we looked good in the first half. Yeah, like the first five minutes was a little shaky, but then RSO was firmly in control till the 60th minute. Like, RSL was by far the better team. In fact, they yeah. should have scored on multiple occasions. In, Diego in Luna had half. some good mm-hmm. chances. Diego Luna played very well. Yeah, he was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, something to mention, uh, Jefferson Sovereigno did not travel for this game. They were resting him up so they could beat Cincinnati on, on Saturday, but that didn't go as planned. Um <laughs> So, um, yeah, and the frustrating thing for me is is that the game felt very winnable. Um, and then for them to just go and totally blow it and lose 3-0, um, it was kind of just like, well, <laughs> there goes that. Yeah. I th- I thought that uh Julio had a pretty decent game as well. Julio had a good game and I I was surprised so we finally did the thing where we did the Herrera thing. is in the 3 center back lineup. Mhm. And Brody's on the right and Oviedo's on the left. We finally did the thing. Sweet. And I mean I liked it but it wasn't fireworks like I was hoping for. See um, the thing that I that I liked the most about that was I feel like we had a very we had very good control of the midfield with with the three center midfielders. Yeah, I and think that I did, was my favorite part about it. I felt like we had more balance in this one, mm-hmm. like we were attacking from both sides of the field rather than like typically most of our attacking play goes down the left with Miram and Brody. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, Caldwell also, I thought had a really good Caldwell game. Caldwell did have a really good game. I was surprised how active he was on defense. He... Do you think it's just that like, uh, with three central midfielders, he can really shine mm-hmm. because the issue every time we've played him is it's like, Sure, he's okay defensively, but he offers nothing in the attack. But yeah. with the three central midfielders, he was allowed to just sit back and protect the back line while Luna and Ojeda uh, roved forward to, you know, help out in the attack. And I don't know. I thought the, like you said, the three central midfielders, very, very fun to watch. And, I mean, I, we forgot to mention this, but Ojeda also got his first start um, for yeah. RSL. Uh, I feel like he also, I feel like he played very well at the beginning, like in the first half, and then kind of dropped off. Honestly, I forgot he was on the field. 
Um, yeah, he he was kind of a mixed bag. Yeah. But, I mean, he's young, just barely integrated into the team, so I think we'll, we'll see, you know, better from him. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and, and I think that it's having three central midfielders actually suits the players that we have better, like once... Demir Krylock comes back and we can factor in Pablo Ruiz into, you know, into that. Like eventually once we have all of the pieces, um, the, the midfield will be very strong. Um, especially if we play with, um, three center midfielders. So I, I like to see that. I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've given up on, on the four, four, two, but I think it's time that we try something different at least. Yeah. Yeah, we generated more chances, but we still couldn't finish anything. Which brings... Then, I mean, uh, that's always been a problem, though. Yeah. And then you're more vulnerable in the back with a three-man back line. At least I feel this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, one of their substitutions came in and netted a hat trick. So that was just fantastic to watch. And see, see, do you, do you think that it was something that what's his name, Josh Wolf, head coach of Austin? Do you think it's something that he saw and he's like, "Oh, Gta would be perfect against Kaffelhoff," or do you think that it was, you know, he's like part of the game plan? You know how we put in Julio around the 60th minute. He's like, "All right, Gta, get off the bench," and he just, you know, did very well. Do you think it was was a coach like uh, a savvy play by the coach or just like Gta totally manhandled? I don't off? know because I remember I specifically remember when he was subbing in. Dunny said something along the lines of Gta hasn't seen the field much mm-hmm. <laughs> recently. Yeah. Um. So maybe it was that he saw something, but also. I don't know. It's not like he was... I mean, he was pretty speedy, but I didn't immediately think, uh-oh, that's a mismatch. You know? He was freaking huge. <laughs> yeah, but Kapelhoff's a big guy. Yeah, but um, no, well, Kapelhoff is tall. This guy was thick. Yeah. No, Kapelhoff had a bad game. I mean, so they scored in the 60th, the 76th, and then the 80th minute. And... Right after the first goal, we put in Rubin for Cordova. And then a few minutes later, we put in Musovski for Julio and Miram for Luna. And then it was right after those final two subs that uh, that they scored the second and third. Mm-hmm. But I believe that once we put Miram in for Luna, didn't we shift formation? We did. Well, I don't know. It was more of a 4-4-2 then, right? I think you're right. I think we did shift because did Oviedo come? Oviedo came off at half time. No, Oviedo played the whole game. Question mark. Um, yes, I, Oviedo I, played the whole game. I think we did end up shifting formations back to a four-four-two. Yeah, we. Oh no, definitely we put. Um, we put 
Brody back there, but yeah. no, then we sub Brody off for Lawfulsund. Oh gosh, I'd have to go back and rewatch the game to try yeah. and figure out how yeah. we shifted. They, they where did we shift. Uh, they, I think you're right. They did shift formations, and it, you know it was just kind of like hmm, didn't really and, work. And we got scored on twice after yep. we shifted formation. I believe. I think so. Yeah. Does that it, sound right? Yeah, I think you're right, and I don't. I'm not ready to give up on the the three five two. I think that's a really good formation, and I like I said, I think it suits our players better. Um, I think that we just need to figure out how to play with a back three, um, and also finish the chances that we got. That's that's the main thing. Yeah. Um, and well, we we looked really good with the three in the back at the beginning of the season. And since then, mm -hmm. it hasn't been good. It's been very much a roller coaster. Well, I know you've said this before. We played three in the back out of necessity. Yeah. Like, we didn't have... But it worked. It did work, yeah. But, I mean... I I think we should, we should give it another shot. I have no idea what Pablo is going to do against Atlas or uh, or the Galaxy. Um, Me neither. I will say this, though. So this is actually an interview after the Cincinnati game. Mm -hmm. He said he was really upset, first off. And he said, I don't care about tired legs. <laughs> what I care about is, like, effort and, you know, all the things that Pablo's all about. Yeah. Mentality and all that jazz. So essentially, what I took from that is he's not going to rotate the squad. He's going to put out his best 11 from here on out, which... Sure. Yeah, sure. Do it. Um, as long as you win. If you lose, then we'll blame you. <laughs> well, that's the nature of the job, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It would be hard to be a, a head coach. Yeah, I would never. We're just sitting here like, oh, Pablo should do this. No, nah, it'd be hard. Credit where credit is due. Yep. All right, anything else you want to add about the Austin game? No, it was a disappointment. I, I think it was especially disappointing because RSL had so much control the first hour. Mm -hmm. And then they ended up losing. Like, that, that game should not have ended 3-0. And if RSL scores a goal, it completely shifts how that game goes, in my opinion. Yeah, and and after the first goal, like, on, honestly, the first goal, definitely the second, the team was completely and utterly taken out of the game. Mm -hmm. Like, you could tell. They kind yeah. of just gave up. The third goal was so pathetic. Yep. Like, just no effort. Um, and yeah, it, that was one of those where I turned it off and I had to go back and rewatch, uh, the final 20 minutes of the game so that I could talk about it here. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I was just so disgusted. I was like, I can't watch this team right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that, uh, GTA scored the first hat trick in Austin FC history. Within the span of 20 minutes. The first in history. Nice. Well, good for him. <laughs> As off the bench. He's a sub. Off the bench. Comes in, you know, 50th minute, whatever. 
scores a hat trick. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was, it was kind of cool in a bad way. I just remember being like, "Oh, dude, like when he scored, like when he scored the third goal, I'm like, that's it." I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. But I'm like, dude's insane. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the Austin game. I actually think RSL had the majority of possession in that game. Like, they didn't play bad. I can look it up. Yeah, they had 56% possession. Yep. And the edge on shots. They had the edge on everything, except goals. Yeah. Austin, Austin had higher XG. Well, Austin had three three shots on target, and those were the three goals. Yeah. So... Anyways, that's the Austin game. Now the Cincinnati game, which was more sadness. Um, RSL ended... They did score the first goal. Well, let's back up. Diego Luna starts again, and they play the, the 3-5-2 again. Um, which, I mean, kind of se- it kind of seems like Pablo's ready to, you know, try something new, which I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't believe Ojeda did not start. No, it was uh, you Lofton. got Herrera Silva Glad in the back. Then Lofton. you have Bang and uh, Brody yeah. as your wing backs, and then it was Lawfulson Ruiz Luna yeah. in the middle. So different different uh, central midfielders, but I still I still feel like the formation worked very well i know josh disagrees with this i actually think they were more solid defensively playing the three five two and the reason i think that is because they had more control of the midfield um cincinnati just picked their times to counter very well and i don't know if that's how they play if they're a counterattack team but they picked those moments very well this game i think that's just a weakness of the the three five two yeah no that you're right you're right and that's kind of how austin got their goals too count yep, on counter the counter attack. yeah which i mean basically what we gathered from this is that you need to put away the chances that you get um and i mean rsl did score first um yeah well there was a lot of var shenanigans uh you're right <laughs> before we scored <laughs> I, I actually almost forgot about that the... yeah there were multiple var decisions mm-hmm. both but... of which went in our favor yes um... they, they called back a penalty um for some they called the foul on marcelo so which i still don't understand how that was that would even be a foul on silva yeah um, well like i think it was vasquez he just like chested the ball down and like fell over yeah and they called it, and then rightly overturned it. Yep. And then, uh, oh, what was the second VAR? I I remember there was a second VAR, and oh, what was it? I'll Man. see if I can pull it up. I don't remember, but yes, it did go in RSL's fit. Like he got called the he got called over to look at it, and then decided to go with the call on the field. 
It was a ha wasn't it a handball in the box? Yes. It like hit Justin Glad's hand or something like that. Hmm. It sounds kind of familiar, but yeah, I don't I can't find anything. Um I don't know, but I do remember thinking that it was really weird that he stuck with yeah. the decision on the field because I felt like it was going to be a penalty. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, it wasn't a handball. It was uh, Silva again, and it was he did a chop back in the box. Oh, uh, yeah, and he stepped on his toe or whatever. Well, it was close, and... The question was whether or not there was actual contact made. Yeah. And I, I thought that it looked like he just barely caught him. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we're looking in super slow-mo. But the referee went over and decided to stick with his call on the field, which was not a penalty. Mm -hmm. Which, it, 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 you, I mean, how often do you see that? He doesn't call anything. The booth tells him, hey, you better check this out, which usually means they think it's a penalty. Yeah. He looks at it and says, nah, I'm going to stick with what I said. If, if this were the Premier League, that would have been a penalty. Yeah, 100%. So that was surprising. And I think the first call, it was pretty obvious that it wasn't a penalty for Cincinnati. Yeah. This one, More it was very borderline. Yeah. So we got a little bit lucky there. And then with that, even with all of that, RSL gets lucky. They Cordova draws a PK in the dying moments of the second half. Yeah. After, well, let's talk about our goal first. Cause that was pretty cool. Oh, yes. Yes. That happened before the PK. Yes. Throw. So you, you hardly ever see players take advantage of this, but no offsides on, on the throwing, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah, it was so sneaky, wasn't mm -hmm. it? <laughs> <laughs> just went quick and they weren't expecting it but yeah michael mm -hmm. chang ends up scoring the goal um assisted by Sovereigno. um yeah it was, it was a good goal yeah i love that goal it chang got a goal Saverino was involved uh it was smart it was cheeky mm -hmm. i'm a huge fan of that goal <laughs> Then in the dying moments of the second half, Cordova draws a penalty, and, um, yeah, <laughs> Pablo Pablo Ruiz was the one to take it. Now I know I know there are some people saying that he called Salvarino off. I think you told me that it didn't look like that. I don't know. I I went back and I watched very closely, and at least on the broadcast, um, it showed them talking yeah but it wasn't like Saverino picked up the ball and ruiz took the ball from him or anything uh, by the time the camera panned to those two ruiz was holding the ball and they it looked like they were just chatting yeah. so maybe that's what they were talking about but Saverino wasn't visibly upset or anything yeah he wasn't taking it like, might have been after but like... <laughs> yeah and and everyone's like, oh, why is Ruiz taking our penalties? Who else on this team has any experience taking penalties? Really no one. Yeah. Normally it would be Crylock, 
and Ruiz took our only other penalty this year. Which he made. Colorado? Yes. Yeah, and he yeah. made it. So it's really not that surprising. I don't know why people are so shocked. I wasn't shocked when I, he went up to take it. I wasn't uh, shocked. I can say that I would have preferred someone else, but I wasn't shocked that he was the one to take it. Yeah. And I, well, I was shocked at how poor it was. It was a bit, and if you're playing professional soccer, I don't care where you're playing on the field, you should be able to score a penalty kick. I'm sorry. I if probably would have hit a penalty about as good as he did. You would have? <laughs> yeah, I could totally do that. Yeah, definitely. Low and slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you can hit it that slow. Like, I'm if it like yeah. I'm sorry if that's too high of a standard, but I feel like it's not. You should be able to hit a penalty kick. Like it, it is literally meant for you to score. Feel I feel the same way about professional basketball players and free throws. You should be able to make a free throw. You're literally paid to do this. Yeah. So. Regard yeah, regardless was... of where you play. Yep. So it was poorly taken, and we miss it, and we miss our chance to go into halftime up to zero, which would have changed the you know dynamic of the game again. Yeah. Um, I thought it was weird that at halftime we put in Ojeda for Lafelsund. That yeah, that was that was a little unexpected, I think. And I don't think that Ojeda played bad. No. But neither did Lawfulson. Yeah. And and that's kind of the conundrum is we've reached a point in the central midfield where it's like Lawfulson, Ruiz, Ojeda, and Luna, I think all should be getting significant time. Mm-hmm. And it, it is just really tough to juggle that as a coach. And so I, I think this was Pablo saying Ojeda has earned more playing time rather than I'm yanking Lawfulson. Yeah. But it kind of for Lawfulson. it also might be some of you know like oh hey does a new signing and people want to see you know results so he's like okay like i'll i'm gonna switch things up you know like Lawfulson yeah. has been starting for the majority of the year and people just want to see something different which yeah and ojeda does i mean you can tell that he has good vision mm-hmm. he is always looking really far upfield for these like really incisive through balls and a few times they've made it through and oftentimes they get cut out yeah but the vision like that he's looking for those he's looking and for i think it. that's something that lawfulson doesn't do quite as well but mm-hmm. and i i think that um Oh, I was going to say something, and then I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, he, oh. looked, he looked good. Um, oh, he looks to me, he looks exactly like Rubio Rabin, and I think it's so it's funny how much he looks like Rubio Rabin. <laughs> yeah. uh, by the way, Dax, um, Cincinnati equalized in the 44th. Yes. Not bad. We, we went into halftime tied. Yes, we did. Yeah, but we could have gone into halftime up up to one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, and that goal was just hot garbage. He was wide open, and mm-hmm. then McMath double Meg saved it and didn't 
whatever. Ooh, speaking of McMath, he had a shot on target. Did you know that? Oh, yes. Off that... of his face. And literally, if he would have got out of the way, Justin Glad had a free header. Oh, like, really? I didn't realize that. Each other. I, I, was, yeah. I was thinking, how cool would it be if McMath scored the, the equalizing goal? I mean, I would have been there for it. He, I but mean, in the end, it went off his face, and yeah. so it was like a super weak header. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, bless his heart, he's trying. Yeah, he's, he's you not can't fault the effort. Yeah, but yeah, that that was. I think that's worth mentioning. Yeah, and then uh, it's tied, and we're pushing, trying to get a goal. We made a few substitutions, uh, which I was fine with yeah the, the subs, subs were fine we made uh and then cincinnati hits us on the counter and brenner gets a double nutmeg goal which was very well taken mm -hmm. but like what was mcmath doing <laughs> i don't know man i mean i know that like I don't know. I know McMath is, like, the number one guy, and, like, he should, like, we don't have anyone else, but at, right. like, at some point, you're, like, maybe, like, what makes you a good keeper is you save shots that you, you aren't expected to save, right? Well, first mm -hmm. of all, you have to save the shots that you're expected to save, and then save shots that you aren't expected to save, so, some of the time, you know? I think that's what made David Ochoa a good keeper, is, like, where they would, they, he would save a shot and we're like oh i thought that was going in but he saved it you know we we know what that feels like right since he yeah. totally destroyed us again in one of one of these other games but um uh, i don't know if mcmath does that for us you know like he, I, he has he's done it he had a pretty good stretch in the middle of the season oh yeah i'm, I'm saying like as of right now no, recently he has not been doing that for sure. Like he I think he saves you know the shots that we would expect him to save. But I I'm 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 trying to remember the last time that he like actually made a good save. That I'm like, "Oh, I'm glad like I'm glad McMath saved that," you know. Yeah. And I will say I expected him to save their first goal. Yeah. I really, like, it wasn't even that good of a shot. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even, he tried to hit it far post. It was, like, the center of the goal. Yeah. Probably and obviously, McMath is positioned, but, like, it was well within his reach. He just missed it. Yeah. Um, So I expected him to save that one. The second one, I think he might have a shot to save it if he's not stranded in no man's land. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't understand why he's coming out when we have a defender back in between Brenner and the goal. Like, he can't dive on the ball because mm -hmm. the defender's there. Yeah. Justin Glad was there. And so he came out and kind of just stood behind Glad. <laughs> I mean, I I'm, not, I'm no keeper expert, but I know that they train keepers to come out because it makes the goal smaller. Well makes you bigger you know makes the area which they can score so maybe it's just instinctual i don't know yeah and i don't know maybe it was the right call but i was a little confused 
Because if you if you stay back, then you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah, like, but he was outside the eighteen, wasn't he? No, he was inside the eighteen. He he was inside the eighteen at this point. It it took a lucky okay, bounce. So took a lucky deflection. Maybe it wasn't as bad as I'm remembering, but I don't think McMath had a good game. You're right, and Foot Mob would agree with you. Yeah. He was the lowest rated player on RSL. Fun stuff. And so we lose that one. And that officially drops us out of playoff contention. For the first time. Yeah, for the first time this season. Yeah. Actually, we've been above the entire season up until now. <laughs> Which is truly incredible. Uh, how do we do it? Yeah, I can always count on RSL to do the wrong things at exactly the wrong times. Yeah, oh my gosh. So that puts us in the position that we are in now. Um, I mean, I'm not giving up hope yet, because I think it would be silly to do so. Um... But yeah, we definitely need some results to fall our way. Yeah. So. It'll be tight. It will be tight. Um, and I think that the team is at a point where I honestly think it's a mental thing. Because I don't see any reason why they should be you know, performing as, as poorly as they are, as opposed to the beginning of the season where they literally had less, you know, star power, um, but were able to get results. I think it's totally a mental thing. Um, don't really know what, what Pablo can do to, to help that, but at the end of the day, the team needs to decide whether they want to be in the playoffs or not. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, start getting results because... We can't keep having these games like this where, you know, we we create chances, don't score them, and then get scored on. It's, it's not going to work. They're, they're never going to be a good team if they, if they do that. Yeah, we consistently score less goals than we should, mm -hmm. according to the statistics. Yep. But, uh, yeah. All right, we gonna do uh, an episode uh, next week after the Atlas friendly? Do you think? I mean, we could. I'm just. Do we want to preview just at the Atlas game, or Atlas and Galaxy? Let's let's pre let's preview the Atlas game. All right. And then I yeah we we can find stuff to talk about at the Atlas game. I think we can do an episode. I'm hoping that we have lots of good stuff to talk about with the young kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Well, we could talk about. Let's see. When is when does the USMNT play? Don't they play on the twenty third? Yeah. Ooh. They'll play on Friday. So we we could. They play on. Oh, they'll they'll play two games. Um, in that well, time. There you go. So we can also talk about the USMNT. Perfect. So. You've been warned, everyone, that we are going to also talk about the USMNT. And, I mean, we were going to do this anyway once the season was over because the World Cup is happening and it'd be a, a crime not to talk about the World Cup. Definitely. So, but yeah, um, Atlas game 
on Thursday the 22nd. Yes. We've already talked about the lineup. Um, there are going to be some young guys there, so it should be fun to watch. Um, what do you think, Josh? What? I, what did you say? I said, what do you think? Ah, okay. That's basically what I said. Ah. Uh, I think that we get a draw. That's my prediction. I think we get a draw as well. It's either going to be a blowout or a draw. I don't really see that because, like, why would it be, you know? That's just yeah. the feel. And I think that one of the young kids really looks fantastic. And I'm going to pick Dude Wellings. I was going to pick Axel K. Mm. Both good candidates. <laughs> Well, should be should be an interesting game to watch. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, though. I'm not sure how many minutes they're going to get. I think Pablo's so frustrated with the team that he might want to... He might put the first team out there and be like, show me you guys can actually play like a team. So... Well, the problem with that is that the entire first team is not there, but... Well, okay. not the entire first team. You got some guys. Was Luna, Luna wasn't on the roster, was he? No, because he'll be with... Uh, oh, you're right. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, the but like 20s. Justin Glad, Brody, Herrera, and Silva, the entire starting back line should oh, be yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and like... Uh, well, let's let's put it this way. Why would he include them on the roster if he wasn't going to play them? Because you gotta have backups in case someone gets hurt. And is it just because I, just, I, I don't know? I I feel like we'll get to see them. I hope we do, but it. I'm just saying it might not be more than 15 minutes at the end of the game. I mean, it's a friendly. I mean, there's no better time to do it. Yeah, that's why I, I think feel about we it. start. We start our regular back line. I think we start Julio. Yeah, um, I agree. Well, yeah, because yeah. Julio used to play against these guys. He knows all their weaknesses. Ooh, cheat code, cheat code. <laughs> <laughs> Julio cheat code. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it'll be fun, yeah. hopefully. Should be fun to watch. It'll at least be not stressful because it's just a friendly. <laughs> we'll find a way to be stressed about it. We'll be like, oh my gosh, they're so bad. <laughs> It'll be the Colorado hailstorm all over again. Oh, oh don't say that. <laughs> well, we hope not. Yeah, we hope not. All right. Well, I think that just about does it for this episode. Cool beans. We'll see you next time. Yep. See ya.